Well, good morning. Um, well, it's actually on the same vein as, as yesterday, I believe. I was just listening to uh, Andrew Gold and Peter Bogosian talk about well, some interesting books, actually. They mentioned a couple. Um, the, the idea of, of why people believe what they believe, right? And so uh, well, it's, one book was The Believing Brain, and another book was The Intelligence Trap by... Uh, David Robson, I've read that second one, The Believing Brain. I'm not sure if I have. They were talking about why smart people believe stupid things. And they didn't explain it as well as I think uh, the book does. It's pretty simple. It's just smart people are better at lying to themselves, convincing themselves that they're right. All right. Um, and I loved how they talked a little bit about uh, how many of these PhD um, papers sound like they know what they're talking about, but it's just uh, just noise, a bunch of words, just like, that's the problem. And that's what I mentioned here. Um, big words uh, don't make you sound smarter. If they don't match the audience or they're unneeded, um, it actually makes you, uh, in the audience eyes, seem uh, dumber. Right? It's just psychology 101. That's what surprises me, that they don't understand this. Uh, right? And I made a little note. So, the thing that I wanted to mention is they're talking about why smart people believe stupid things. And Andrew Gold used um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle as example. And you can look this up if you want. What they were referring to is the 1917-ish uh, photos, these fairy photos. Uh, and he said, well, because of this fake photo... Uh, this intelligent man who wrote Sherlock Holmes uh, believed in fairies. But I got news for Andrew Gold. I wonder if he's just being bombastic because it's not just Conan Doyle who believed, uh, Tolkien, uh, who invented, uh, you know, Middle Earth, as well as William Butler Yeats and my buddy Ivan Bentz. Uh, both believed in fairies. That doesn't make them stupid. It just, it's... It's a rare group, as Nietzsche said, the Hinterwelten, the people who know there is a between world. Not just this one, not just the next one, but something between. Right? Then they mentioned that intelligence trap, uh, and I'm just going to read, right? What I would have said, they would have been better to have explained that Conan Doyle, when he was writing Sherlock Holmes, he actually mentioned that Sherlock Holmes could identify cigarettes, pipe tobacco. He could identify all types of tobacco, practically, as the story went, uh, just from its ash. Yet he didn't know the sun, um, or sorry, the earth, uh, went around the sun, right? And the story goes is it didn't help him solve um, cases. I wonder about that, though. But they call this my side bias. But literally, they were both displaying this my side bias. I mentioned how Peter Bogosian failed when he was trying to explain Matthew 14, the walking on water. Rather than seeing it as allegory, he suggested maybe physics was suspended for the moment. But So it's about intelligence and my side bias. They say that's scary. I argue that not using your brain to think or to reason, that is the greater fear and danger. And the example I might give is uh, the, my, one of my favorite um, quotes from, uh, well, in Latin, is from Lucretius, his uh, De Rerum Natura, 
uh, and it is Omnis Cum Tenebris Precertum Vita Labret. And it's often translated as, as life is a struggle in the dark. But if you actually look into the exegesis or the meaning of the words, if you study Latin and really look into what it's saying here, it is not different from um, the aridity of the soul that St. John of the Cross wrote about. It's this idea that Nietzsche was talking about. It's all great accomplishments come from a, a deep place of sorrow and suffering, right? We labor in the dark, sure, but in reality, as St. John said, these things, in this case, uh, life, vita labret, the works of life, the way of life, is only understood when, when practiced, when, when, when lived, when found, not when sought or, or attempted to, to be understood, right? So I argue that it's doubt that the acceptance of uncertainty is truly our way out. This is why Nietzsche coined the Amrafati. I argue he used a little language, a small language, to teach us this complicated um, lesson, right? And as a last, I'm just going to mention that uh, to remind us that Nietzsche said how important forgetting is. But at the same time, learning.